0: All right, folks, welcome to episode six of Musician. I'm your host, Andrew LaPau. Let's start the show.
1: Get on that bird and go. I want to plane like the highway. Our boss in the thing, we do it my way. It's spread out there, so I play.
0: Alright folks, it's Monday, it's time for another podcast. This week we've got Jonathan Brown, who is an incredible fingerstyle guitar player who's inspired by the likes of Chet Atkins, Jerry Reed, Tommy Emmanuel, and a lot of really highly sc- uh, skilled guitar players, and he is a highly skilled guitar player himself. Uh, funny thing, I started this podcast because I really wanted to pick... Musicians' brains, uh, and really mostly, you know, to start it off was guitar players' brains because I'm a guitar player myself, and uh, and I didn't know what I would be getting into with Jonathan. We've, you know, we run into each other. I, you know, sometimes we see each other just around town, and I see him play or whatever, but we never really had a deep discussion. And he came and he he really opened up on this podcast and uh about a lot of things i didn't know about him about his past um and it's just really intriguing and i just really really think you're gonna dig this you can skip forward to the music if you want but i'd say just stick around for the whole the whole conversation um so without further ado here's my conversation with jonathan brown enjoy brown in on the podcast today and i'm so happy to have him here uh because you were actually the first person i thought of when i came up with the idea of having. you don't a have podcast. to lie i swear to god <laughs> 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 all right all right uh, all right really um you were the one of the first guitar players in town that did uh have an impression on me uh well thank you yeah thank you It was, uh, and and it was actually we were playing around together when I first heard you. We were playing around at Belcourt Taps, and we—that's right, yeah—we were flanking Julie Gribble on each side, and it was I would play a song, she would play a song, and then you would play a song. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I remember
2: that. Yeah, that's that's been a while, hasn't it? uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, great. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and so I thought, you know, you, you've got this great fingerstyle playing, very inspired by Chet Atkins, um, it'd be great yes. to have you on the show, since we're based out of Nashville.
2: I'm so happy to be here. That is uh, all I can say about that. Good. You're not a man of men, you're a man of few words. I, I make sure that they make sense. <laughs> i will get on a tangent and I'll, I won't make sense. Trust me. I'll get I, off I on the left field and talking about something. Who knows what it will be. Well, things. Like, I'll call it Things and Stuff. Okay, Things and Stuff. <laughs> yeah, with with Jonathan Brown and Andrew Lipo. Things and Stuff. Andrew LaPau. I, I can't even get your name right, see? That's why I,
0: sh- I shouldn't talk so much. <laughs> um, let's talk about your humble beginnings.
2: If you did have humble beginnings, I don't know anything about you. Humble beginnings, man. If you want the whole story, it could, it could take a while. But, um. I grew up right out, I was born here in Nashville, and I was born, I was, uh, I grew up out in Dixon, which is about 30 minutes away, 35. Yeah, southwestern. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the the town I grew up in is called Charlotte, Tennessee. Yeah. And, um, grew up in the sticks. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I played a lot of guitar. My dad played a little. Mm -hmm. So, um, he tried to play fiddle, too. Uh, and so he was... Musical, so I started trying to play guitar very early. And then, uh, so... When did you pick it up? <clears throat> it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I was... I was really... He always had a guitar, mm-hmm. so I would try to play, and then I eventually started taking drums first. Okay. took drum lessons when I was about, I guess, like maybe nine years old, mm-hmm. something like that. And he, this drum teacher was also a guitar player and he brought his, he would he would bring his Les Paul to play behind me while I play the drums. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would play, you know, Southern Rock and Black Crows and right. ACDC and, you know, because he was in this, this Southern Rock band. So you can hold it down on the drums? I, I can play drums. Mm-hmm. I won't call myself a, you know, a studio drummer, but I can play drums. Yes. Great. <laughs> I like to play drums. And um, so that's where I, really first learned about you know measures and all that stuff and, and what it meant to be in time mm-hmm. and stuff like that and it really helped me a lot but his guitar was the thing that kind of caught my eye the gold top the gold top Les Paul that he had and that's that's uh, was my first interest in the guitar and I would try to mimic things that he did on my dad's guitar after okay. he would leave but I would I was interested in drums at first you know mm-hmm. just a little kid. And, you know, soon after, I quit taking drums and started taking guitar lessons from a guy in Dixon, Tennessee named Doc Stone. Okay. And we, he had ensembles, you know, a uh, country group and all these, you know, funk and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was in the country and the funk and, and uh, we played as a band. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was a really interesting experience and he was a session musician and uh, played on the Opry for many years uh behind uh all kinds of different artists so he introduced me to the number system and and uh one, one day I heard a tape of Chet Atkins my dad I found it in mm-hmm. his tape collection mm-hmm. cassette tape so uh I, I was listening to the tape and trying to figure out what was going on there and um cause it didn't sound like one guitar player <laughs> It sounded yeah. like two yeah or three sometimes and uh so I went in and asked my guitar teacher one day if uh, he knew a Chet Atkins tune that was on the tape, and and he knew a couple of the tunes. Oh, cool! And he was a, and he's a good thumb picker, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. that's where I got my introduction to the guitar, the thumb pick, and the guitar styles of Chet Atkins. So you, you him. took the thumb pick on early? Yeah, yeah, just a kid. Wow. You know, um, I didn't know there was a thumb pick. I played with a straight pick, and then uh and then I would you know hybrid at first mm-hmm. like hybrid with a flat pick right and then and it mix the fingers in with that
0: yeah hybrid yeah. picking to me is really it's, it's almost beyond me i feel like since i started with the thumb pick doing the country stuff it was hard to switch to uh-huh. a thumb pick
2: yeah see you know I, I had to adapt my style because i don't feel comfortable as either playing with a flat pick it's like foreign to me mm-hmm. so I'll play some fiddle tunes and, and flat pick them, and not use my fingers with a thumb pick, you know, like stuff like that, okay. to adapt the style. But I was really interested in, uh, and then, you know, I got into everything growing up. Punk rock. I was in punk rock bands. Mm-hmm. I was I was into all kinds of different music. What, what was your band? Go. was like? We didn't really band have band? a name, and we never did play a show, so it kind of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Someone like. Yeah. It, was yeah. it like, hey, let's play I uh, I don't know, yeah, like a Black Flag song? Yeah, or? yeah. Well, it was like you know we were into the Misfits and, uh-huh. and No Effects and <laughs> and uh, a lot of we would go see a lot of local punk bands here in Nashville at the uh, the Indie Net, which used to be on Charlotte or uh, sorry Church Street. Uh-huh. It doesn't exist anymore. I won't tell you what's there now, but it's <laughs> on Church I Street. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's um um. It's a cool place over there I mean they still got some good clubs I think over there that with music but I'm not I haven't been over there in a while I don't know what the punk rock club, but it was wild over there man yeah it was wild oh cool
0: I wish I could have been in Nashville during like the 90s and seen how different it is than today
2: oh yeah yeah it's changed a lot I mean it's still very familiar to me but you know obviously because mm-hmm. I grew up here basically and so it's uh it's yeah I got a lot of different influence from. From different genres of music. Yeah. yeah.
0: When when did you start getting serious about being a guitar player and knowing that this is what you wanted to do? I was
2: always serious about it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I <clears throat> when I graduated high school, I like, you know, I wanted to go to music school, but uh, I didn't go to music school. I kind of drank my way out of college, basically. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, you know. Then I went back and got an associate's degree in in like business. Oh, okay. Or some some uh, you know, which is okay. I you guess. majored in
0: graduation basically.
1: Basically, <laughs> I was like,
2: you know, and um I just got to be honest, you know, I I my I always loved playing guitar and and my dad uh was a big influence on me in everything I did, you know, and we I think that's a common in all sons you know yeah. as a child you know and and so he was like well why don't you get a business degree you know and, and and i agreed that that was a good idea in case the music thing doesn't work out and i don't know what that means to this day the music thing working out i still oh, don't man. know I, I think it's worked out yeah don't i had you to read that question redefine it out yeah How, how's it working are you you making any the first thing people ask me is are you making any money? These are like older, older, old people, you know, like, I won't say old, like, I don't know, like 100 (laughs) years old. Are you able to make any money? That's kind of odd that you travel around and you try to, you know, you go and you sleep on couches. (laughs) I was like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really what I like doing.
0: Yeah, it's a labor of love.
2: But anyways, uh, I won't say my dad was the influence there, but I, I just went ahead and I got the business degree and then I continued to play guitar and practice. But I kind of went off and and uh went on a journey of raising raising hell. Yeah. <laughs> with alcohol and drugs there for about 6 years and oh, and man. uh and I didn't really play much, you know, I was trying to play, but I just couldn't. Like I just couldn't do it because I was uh, I had a, you know, a serious problem with it.
1: Wow. Oh, and
2: uh, I don't know if i'm sharing too much information but i think i feel it's relevant because you know i you know as i was in that addiction you know i was always like man i wish i really want to play you know you know i just couldn't get my guitars out of pawn.
0: yeah oh yeah you pawned all your your well yeah
2: yeah everything and you know i didn't have a guitar i'd try i'd get one and then it would be gone the next week you know that's, I got pretty bad off. <laughs> it, it sounds like yeah. it. I
0: mean, did you like how, how dark of a place did you get to, and what made you realize you had to man? I turn just it around? you
2: know, I just I went to I went to drug rehab ten, oh, well seven in inpatient treatments, and, hmm. and then like I was in a couple of psych wards, you know, because drugs make you crazy, yeah, and alcohol if you do too much, <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> and you do it for two two, you know a long period of time it will make you you know not yourself and that's what I was I was I was utterly after all that I, I kept trying to do it over and over again you know and, mm-hmm. and say that I could just drink and not do drugs or this or that or the other but um I just kept failing at that and I just kept going further and further down and you know with all kinds of consequences and mm-hmm. and uh, wasted time you know.
0: was your family aware of all this
2: Yes, mm-hmm. yes, my dad was, yeah, yeah, he was very aware that I was going down the wrong road, yeah, and um so I didn't play from you know wasn't really pursuing music for about four years, mm-hmm. just you know I was in a in a fantasy world yeah. on a journey- I'll call it a journey
0: and this, were you living in Nashville at this time? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so i mean this this town is just so uh it encourages you to drink.
2: It. it does. It depends on who you hang out with and where you hang out. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of recovery in this town, too. Like, re- re- serious recovering musicians who are serious about music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to leave all that other stuff behind because it just, for, for number one, it was killing me. Right. And yeah. number two, you know, I just, I was sick and tired of being just... uh I wasn't raised to be that way, you know. Of course, I just kind of, you know, I'm just an addict. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I just, uh, I just really got down on myself. It just made me really depressed, and I just, I literally hated myself. Yeah. But that's not the case today, you know. After being sober for a number of years, you know.
0: How many years sober are you?
2: Um, be seven years in about three months, so technically six years. but yeah. I'm close to seven. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, 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 I'm so so grateful. And uh I wouldn't be playing music today if it wasn't for that. So that's uh I don't know um how how I can say how grateful I am for that. Um, for having get gotten sober, you know. It's hard. I, I, Especially when you're hooked. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. What
0: what, it, what was the what was the hardest thing about it? Like I know there's so many um there's just so many elements that go into addiction. And like, what was the thing that you think kept pulling you back in?
2: Was it the physical, you just needed it? Uh, It wasn't really physical. I suppose it was physical. I don't, it's a physical and mental illness is what it is. That's what it's referred to as being addiction is. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, physically, I don't think I was as dependent, but I was using a drug that was not as, Physically dependent as some others, mm-hmm. but you know, in my mind, I'm thinking I can I can drink and not do drugs. Like if I just take a drink and just leave the drugs alone, yeah, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all right. I can just. But every time I drank, I would get just complete for two or three days. I'd wake up and you know these things. I'd end up in a different state. Oh, man. <laughs> just man, it was crazy, but you know, it was wild. But yeah, <laughs> sounds really wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would just like do things that I would not normally do. And end up in car wrecks, and you know, and and uh, end up in car. I would wreck cars, not end up. I would just wreck the car. Yeah. Okay. Damn. And uh, I should be dead, really, but <laughs> somehow I got spared through all that crap. And but, anyways, the drinking. You know, I thought I could drink and control the drinking, but every time I take a drink, man, it just triggered that thing in my mind. I just wanted to go get some drugs, man. Yeah. Go get some something to something a little stronger than what I had. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I was right. always trying to get to that next level. Yeah, I was the guy that never went home. Like yeah. everybody else is getting ready to go home, I'm not ready to go home yeah. yet. You know, shut down the bar. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know. Anyways, I, I was. It took me on a. It was a long down, downward, downward spiral. And it was. Was it in your last treatment
0: rehab with the one that you finally said, "Okay, I'm gonna be
2: sober from now on"? No. The last time I got, I went to rehab, I got out and I moved into a halfway house. I stayed sober for three months. Okay. That was, uh, and then on May uh, the eight May the 14th, 2008, mm-hmm. was my birthday, my belly button birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was living in this halfway house. I decided to check out and just go get a hotel room and, and you know, get high one more time for three days. You know, I didn't know how long I would last or if I would live or what, you know, or whatever, but... My mind was telling me it was going to be fun, you know, I was going to have some fun, I had a little money, I could do that, and that was just, you know, uh, mentally, mentally I was crazy mm-hmm. to do it, you know, after all I'd been through. yeah, um, I couldn't, you know, it was a, a state of insanity is what I was in, man. Just given my history, most normal people would not do that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I just checked out of this, you know, I checked out of this halfway house or, I was living in and moved into a hotel for about three days and held up in there. And on May the May the 17th, 2008, I called somebody to come and get me because um, I I just felt I'd had enough. And it took some convincing because I'd called many people to come and get me before and told them I was done, you know. And and uh, but this time I finally convinced them to come, you know, come pick me up. A couple guys in recovery came pick me up and Mm -hmm. took me. Home. I dried out in my father's house. Mm-hmm. I, my first sobriety date was May the eighteenth, two thousand and eight. On and uh, I just remember just being miserable, and you know, I knew I knew that I couldn't go on. Yeah, know, I just couldn't go on doing it anymore. You you just said I'm done with this. And... Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's interesting to think of it that way, but
0: well, I, yeah, I know because you have to take it every day. It is.
2: Yeah, yeah. I... I fear, I fear using again. But mm-hmm. it does, you know. Being around, I can be around alcohol, but I just, you know, I will not tolerate drugs around me. I
0: can you know imagine it I mean? must be tough for you at gigs because people are probably always offering you to buy you a drink.
2: You know, my response to that is, I, I have- was at a gig the other night, or Thursday night, playing at this gala. It was an art thing. Playing, and this this cat says, "Hey, man." Uh, the guy I was working for, you know, he's like, we got some, I've got some great homemade wine. You know, <laughs> you, you should take a, you should have this wine. Right. And I was like, yeah, he, he's telling me I should have it. <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, I, so I just responded. I said, if, uh, I was like, you know what? I found out I have this, I get, I'm highly allergic to alcohol. I just have an allergy. <laughs> and uh, he said, really? He said, I've never heard of that. Never heard of anybody having an allergy to alcohol. I said, "Yeah, man, I I break out in handcuffs and DUIs when I take a drink." (laughs) (laughs) And and uh, and oblivion. And so he said, "Well, uh, that makes sense. That sounds like a high, you know, a a risk that you might you shouldn't take." I said, "Yes, for our sake and for my sake and your sake, it's a good idea. Trust me."
0: When I saw you play one night at the Sky Blue Cafe. I said, "Hey, you, you want to go get a drink?" And you're like, "Oh, I don't drink." I was like, "Huh? How interesting. This guy has his shit together." <laughs> and like, because I mean, you you play at such a at such a level that I was like, maybe I just need to stop drinking completely because I want to get there. <laughs> not
2: everybody does is the thing. Like, not everybody is like me. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, it's it's up to that person to make that assumption. But it was causing me. Hell, it was causing me hell, man. Yeah. My life was hell. Wow. That's why, I, you know. Finally, I'd had enough. You know, it was like they call it hitting bottom. So yeah. that's what happened to me. You know, some some bottoms are are lower than the others, but you know, mine was low enough. Mm-hmm. I just kept going lower, you know, and I didn't want to go any lower, you know. Well, do you want to play us a song? Now that I'm all cold and <laughs> play um something play an old standard Uh, let's see here
0: yeah man Jonathan Brown's that's great I love that I love that slow and low swing on that because <laughs> usually I think the, the iconic version of that song is the Sinatra ballady big band version
2: yeah do you know that one yeah I've heard Sinatra do it yes yeah
0: um, this one's nice laid back Very cool <laughs> well thanks um, man yeah so so you so you cleaned up and then you did, was guitar therapy for you? Yeah.
2: Well, I took everything I had in the in the addiction, You going towards that, which I was putting everything I had into that, you know, and just, I kind of just put it into playing guitar at okay. that time, you know, yeah. into playing guitar. And I felt like I'd wasted all that time, you know, yeah. so I had to catch up and I had to, you know, relearn a lot of things mm-hmm. about it. You know, I was just, uh, I had to look. You know had to relearn how to play basically mm-hmm.
0: and, and how did you start how did you t- make those baby steps
2: into man becoming... I just started uh, uh, learning Chet Atkins tunes again and, mm-hmm. and relearning them and trying to do different things with them and and uh, watch good players and and try to take and steal everything I could from those guys and turn it into what you know what I could use and you know what what was me you know that's yeah. what I did. And, um, I, you know, got in the real book and started arranging tunes and mm-hmm. trying to come up with my own way to do them, you know. People are like, well, how do you learn to play like that? I really don't know, like, how mm-hmm. I learned how to play the way that I do. It's a it, That that would be a big answer. I, don't know, I mean, I, you know. It's a very sophisticated and way And you're a good play. guitar player. You know, I know you know uh, about that, about what it takes to play, you know. And it just, it's just like people, how do you learn? And yeah. I'm like, man, it um, how do I some get people, that is yeah, the, you like practice, the yeah. practice is the, is the most important thing. Practice it over and over mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and allow yourself to make mistakes and, and not take yourself so seriously because I've struggled with that.
0: That's my, I think that's probably my biggest thing is taking myself too seriously. Yeah. Um, because, and also comparing myself to other, uh, Play other
2: guitarists oh yeah, yeah well that's everybody that does that you know <laughs> everybody does that and you know it's just like like that tune that I just played I noticed a mistake in there there were two bad notes that uh, were in in there and, 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 and it's okay I'm, I'm okay with it you know I'll, I'll take one take and there it is you know if it was horrible I might take another take but you know it's just part of it being a musician and being having the freedom of that and allowing yourself to you know Except the fact that we're not perfect. I mean, yeah. we can play, we can play at the best of our ability, but well, it'll never be perfect in someone else's eyes. It's true. Uh, he could have did this better. He could have did that better. But the, the main thing is that it pleases me.
0: There's that uh, like martial arts uh, quote it once you realize you're uh, you're not going to be perfect, you can focus on being good. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And as a guitar player, you're always trying to get to that next level and you know, I won't say that I don't compare myself to others because I do. I would be lying yeah. to you if I didn't. And if I didn't compare myself to others that are at a higher level, there would be nowhere for me to aspire to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, you know.
0: Do you think that Tommy Emanuel is the guitar player that all finger style guitar players kind of like put on that top, you know, gold medal of guitar playing?
2: I, I think that Tommy Emanuel is a, is a great guitar player and that... Uh, in some people's opinion, he would be the greatest. In others, you know, I, you know, yeah. Tommy has his thing, and we have our thing. You know, yeah. that's the way I look at it. And um, he's his stage presence is 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 phenomenal, mm-hmm. and his uh, everything that he does, he loves doing it. That's why he's traveling the world doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I think a lot he influences a lot of musicians to to you know guitar players you know uh to want to strive for something greater because he's proved that it can be done yeah. you know and, and 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 you know and he, his story is uh he's been doing it since he was 2 years old or, or something you know traveling the world and playing because that's that's what he does you know and this and he gets on stage and he plays every night and and he's a he's great at it you know and that's that's he's a he's a great uh inspiration to many guitar players including including myself you know um Being a finger finger style player, um, it's interesting, you know. Route it is just crazy, man. All of the things. What what is with...
0: what is life like for you as a finger style guitar player, gigging, and what, what what are these festivals that you're playing or house concerts
1: or?
2: I play house concerts, and right now I'm actually back in school to go get a music degree.
1: Oh, you're yeah. at you're at, I saw the Belmont. Yeah, so you're I'm going to
2: Belmont. Um, right now so the gigs have slacked off but um i gig around town i'll play house concerts here and there i'll go uh i'll do the opry some with uh so it's it's just a bunch of random stuff that it's all like it just all goes together somehow Mm -hmm. and um i teach there's all sorts of facets you know play in the studio some and um that that's that's my life as a guitar player it's just, uh, I teach workshops, I'm doing a workshop in North Carolina, Asheville, this summer called Swannanoa Gathering, mm-hmm. so I'll be there for about a week teaching, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do some house concerts and play some banyards up in West Virginia and Ohio and stuff like that, just cool yeah. stuff like that, you know, it's fun, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and the more of those I do, the more they lead to other things, you know, and that's that's how it works,
0: uh, I, I, yeah, well, when I discovered you, I guess it was at Court Taps, but then you, uh, we became Facebook friends and you had that Friday night, uh, residency at Sky Blue Cafe. Yeah, every night, every yeah, Friday night. Every Friday <laughs> night. But then they stopped serving dinner.
2: You know what? Yes, they did. And I was very sad. And they quit serving dinner. They had a, they had a little baby, uh, oh, Chad and yeah. Luann Stiebel, uh, I'm probably saying their name wrong. Just like I said yours wrong. But um, is that her name? What am I saying here? Anyways, they had a kid and, and such such nice people that own the place. And uh I think they wanted to have more time to themselves. And they're better known as a That's breakfast place. It's like the the spot mm-hmm. to go for breakfast. And if I could get up that early and play, I'd go down there and play for breakfast. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess That'd I be could. Yeah. That'd be perfect, actually. They, they do they have, have that sometimes. Actually, on oh. the on the street out there, they have some people playing uh I, I, so, so Chad has told me. But, okay. uh, you know, anyways, I love playing there, man. It, it was such a cool vibe. Helped my repertoire, and I had yeah. the cellist with me, you know, and mandolin players sometimes, and we would just, and I would call people out make them play with me. That, yeah. Because a lot of musicians used to come down there and hang. And uh, some friends, some I've never met, but if I knew you were a musician, I'd call you out.
0: Yeah, I appreciated you having me up that one time. I well,
2: I was like glad you. to have you up there, man. You're freaking... A great guitar player, man.
0: Coming from you, that means a lot. Good
2: guitar player.
0: Um, and, yeah, that and the cellist you play with, what's his name?
2: Jeff Gilkinson. Yeah. Gilkinson, yeah. He's fantastic. He is, he is. We're actually, we're working on a piece of Bach here lately. Uh, the cello suite number one prelude uh-huh. to that and uh, playing it in sync. You so, playing,
0: are you doing that in D? No. Okay.
2: I'm doing it in G and supplementing the low notes with harmonics. The first
0: cello prelude.
2: Yeah. Oh, nice. You want to hear it? mandolin yes guitar mandolin and cello yeah yeah
0: i keep that in my car it's just great really music yeah well,
2: i'm glad yeah it's available on cd baby amazon.com <laughs> and it's just titled jonathan brown okay everybody should buy it yeah <laughs> help me out <laughs> help me eat <laughs> that, yeah if you're hearing
0: the cd baby jonathan brown get that cd it's gonna be it's really good and you also have just some solo guitar stuff on there too right
2: I think there's one solo tune on there I can't remember remember even the tunes that are on there mm-hmm. right now but um uh, it was a thing we cut live uh together so it's all you know that's that's what you're hearing is what's happening you know it's mm-hmm. cool that that that's a that's what makes it special to me you know that we all it wasn't just some mesh together you right. know and and <clears throat> you just, it wasn't, okay, yeah, just we played it. And do yeah. The overdubs, yeah, we we did a couple overdubs like uh, where I would or uh, add some cello in a spot where I wanted some things, or mm-hmm. you know the mandolin player didn't like something, so he would add it. You know things like that, but small things, not a lot. It was uh, all played together as a band, and I played the. You'll hear a beat on there, and that's my foot playing a uh, stomp box that was mic'd through an amp. Okay. It was interesting, yeah, cuz that's the way I play. When I usually when I'm playing live, I have a box with me.
0: And so do you and you play with uh you play with another artist. You play with Audrey, right? Aubrey. Aubrey, sorry. Yeah. yeah well, I said your <laughs> name famous. wrong. I should I, know this. I said your name last name
2: wrong, so you get away with that too.
0: <laughs> but she's a celebrity.
2: She's a celebrity yeah. and uh we played the last time I played with her um we played the Opry. Mm-hmm. And uh that's cool and and she she sang a song that I wrote, and I got to sing, which was really cool. You got to sing. It was apiocry. a du- I, I uh, strategically wrote the song as a duet, and she <laughs> liked it, and uh, you know, so I got to. Uh, it was the cool one of the coolest things I'd ever gotten to do because I got to. You know, I wrote the chart and it came to life, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, it was a swing tune, so it was kind of orchestrated. So the band were playing parts, you know, in, in certain sections, and it was just so cool. That's awesome. I was really happy. It made me very happy.
0: What was it like your first Opry performance? How'd you feel going on that stage?
2: Oh, you know, there's kind of a story behind that, if you want to hear it. I yeah. don't know if you want to hear it or not, uh, but it um, it was uh, it was amazing. I'll say that first, but I was, uh, you know, they have musicians play on this TV show called Nashville, in yeah. the band behind mm-hmm. all the... Characters. While well, I was doing that, and one of the guys in the band, he was he was Mike Snyder's fiddle player. His name's Matt Combs, mm-hmm. great musician, if I do say so myself. And uh, and I was playing ukulele in the set room, you know, full of, you know, it was like a a living room for the show or something. And there was nobody in there, and there was a ukulele hanging in there, so I was mm-hmm. playing it. He comes in there and he's like, "Yeah, I play on the on the Opry," and I was like, "You know what? That would be." That would be awesome to do that one day. Yeah. Well, he's like, well, I'll I'll call Mike Snyder and we'll get you you on there. I was like, okay, all right. And then he walks off, and I'm thinking, it can't be that easy. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it just uh, just isn't that easy. And uh, he said, "Uh, well, you got to do that. I said, okay. So I was like, whatever. So I never met the guy before, and I was like, Everybody tells you they'll do something here, you know. And yeah, of course. You, know, you yeah. just kind of brush it off. It's like, we should write sometime. That's oh, a thing that said, that's a line. thing I hate. Yeah. I hate it here. <laughs> we should, yeah, we should, but we probably won't. <laughs> we probably won't because neither uh, of us really it, wants it. It. <laughs> 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 So, anyways. Anyways, so I'm making coffee like 30, 45 minutes later at the, at the craft services on set or whatever. And he walks up and he's like, what are you doing Saturday night? I was like, I was like thinking. I was like, man, is he serious? He was like, I called Mike and he said you could come do the Opry Saturday night. We'll have to sneak you in. You won't get paid. But I said, uh, I don't care if I get paid. He said he'll introduce you. You'll open the whole show and uh, and everything. And it, and it turns out I was going away with my dad on that Saturday. So the following the following week, I think was uh, when I did it. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, It was awesome Yeah I'll never forget it To hear my guitar Just my guitar Coming through that The Ryman Auditorium Mm -hmm. Was a thing That I will never forget That's a You know Highlight of my life As far as a musician goes
0: And how was And the audience Must have just Loved Kicking the show off Like that you must have gotten a great response. I
2: think they thought it thought it was good. Yeah. I, I, they were clapping during the <laughs> middle of it, so I think they that's liked a good it. And I played sign. it, and I did a you know I did my take on a Chet Atkins tune called Mister Sandman, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we did it like Chet did it. You know you'd hear the band chime in on the second time through, okay, and Chet would do a solo. So um, I, we did oh, so it that's that, how you did it. Was it was like okay. an it was like a stand up bass player uh-huh. in the beginning. It's just you know it goes through A and then it goes through G. And then it goes through C. Okay. So when yeah. it went to G, they they chimed in, and I got to play a solo. So it was cool. Yeah. And it was awesome, man. That was uh, I'll never forget it. Never.
0: And so, how many how many opera performances have you had so far?
2: I had uh, I guess that's four four or five in the last couple of years. Three of uh, four of them have been with Aubrey, mm-hmm. and um, they were all very special to be able to do that too. You know because I. You know, I just, it's just so cool to be able to be on that stage with so many legends have stood, you know, and yeah. and be a part of, be able to be a part of that. So are you, are you, when you were playing up there, were your eyes closed or were you
0: looking at the crowd or?
2: No, I was looking around yeah. and uh, I was like, is this really happening? <laughs> I'd played the tune about 3000 times that day and I didn't sleep the night before, oh, man. but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't nervous when I got on stage, Mike Snyder and his band you know we were in the dressing room we were <clears throat> he was jamming you know they were jamming on the tune. we play my tune and they'd play their tunes mm-hmm. and we were all just having fun and before i knew it the music came over the speaker mike snyder report to the stage and before i knew it i was on stage and i didn't have time to be nervous yeah and um, uh, and nerves that's one of the things that kill me you know if i don't let it watch out because yeah, you, you get start getting right. in your head yeah, yeah. Especially on the high-profile stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and like, this like, could make or break me. If I mess this up, you know, knows, But like, it's okay. You know. Who knows if the note that you
0: play is actually that bad? If you do play a bad note, oh, yeah. Um it, like and then that seed plants it in your head. Oh yeah,
2: you're trying to catch up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I've been reading this really interesting book about stage fright here recently. Um, it's not really about stage fright; it's just about. How to handle life in general, but it's from a perspective of this guy named Benjamin Zander, okay. who's a philharmonic conductor. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, it talks about stage fright and you know not to take yourself so so darn seriously, and you know and and, and just really a lot of a lot of good things in that book about it. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I, I've played with some singers that have such crippling stage fright where they can't t- you can't talk to them before the show. Yeah, they're they're all nerves, and they get on, but they kill it. They, yeah, they seem natural once on stage, but before hitting the stage, yeah, they yeah,
2: I see. I guess it's different for everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah, I guess so. I guess mine isn't so bad. I think since you, you do it for so many, I've been performing freshly I guess since I was like eighteen, nineteen, so it doesn't feel as bad as it did back in the day. Yeah, just getting on stage. You, I guess you just get used to it. So hey, uh, let's uh, let's hear another song and all right, great. Whatever you want to play. Uh, I
2: would like to give a shout out to uh, Clint Bear at OC Bear Guitars and uh, Dana Bourgeois at Bourgeois Guitars. They've been so kind to me with. Uh, helping me with my guitars and stuff. Attention. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting really into fiddle tunes here lately and uh-huh. so <laughs> yeah. That was a little tune called uh, Turkey in the Straw.
0: Yeah. Is that a Stephen Foster tune?
2: I don't know who it's an old-time fiddle tune.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah, keep going if you wanna keep going. I know you I'm gotta just... I know you gotta go. What time is it? It's uh 1104
2: Oh I got plenty of time. I'll just i just mess around here and just uh, play whatever comes to mind and I may, may make a melody okay. med, medley here. happened on the Opry. (laughs) Thank God. Sweet Georgia Brown, I did a version of it here lately. You wanna hear that?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on this GoPro over here. Doing your thing. Go for it.
2: Let's see if. Let's see. One more time. day like practicing man uh just going playing tunes just like that like arrangements that i've had or and then like trying to make them different okay so you're (laughs) you're working
0: mostly you're in the tune you're yeah yeah
2: i work with a tune and i'll pick up a song and you know or try to improvise over it or, or learn if i'm playing the right notes or try to play the right notes or you know and uh which doesn't happen all the time you know, as 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 we all know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you know, and uh, work on scales. I work on scales, but I, I usually play about four four hours every day, at least. Great. Try to. And do um, do you? Uh... It helps me with the nervousness and everything that oh, yeah. I have, and, and and the more prepared I am, you know, for stuff. You know.
0: Do you regiment your time, or do you just yeah, like an hour of this, an hour of this, or no?
2: I try to just play it by ear and just go on and just you know play whatever. Just you take, you Just make yeah, sure that you just make sure that I can set some. I do set set aside time for for guitar. Yeah. You know, make sure I've got that time to, to practice, and if I've got a set or a show I need to play or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I'm just kind of like hanging out now. You're you're going to tunes and I'm enjoying myself. <laughs>
2: I love this guitar. What are you playing? This is a bourgeois age tone mahogany dreadnought. Yeah, it sounds great. I'll get this other one out and play one. Okay. See if it's in tune or not. This is a... This is a O.C. Bear guitar built by Clint Bear in uh, Madison... Indiana. Mm-hmm. He's a small builder. He builds about fifteen a year. Okay. Oh, well, he's buzzing a little bit, huh? I like low action. Oh no, you got the JB insignia on the twelfth fret. Yeah, his brother's a jeweler and they, they uh they do that inlay. That's cool. They do everything, you know, it's it's cool. Two guys. <laughs> I like that but, color. It's very creamy. Yeah, it's a nice bright Adirondack. The other one's an aged tone. That's why it looks so dark. Dana uh, Bourgeois aged tone guitars. Mm-hmm. They they torify the wood, and it's like you know I guess hundred year old wood when okay. they put on a new guitar. Oh cool. <laughs>
0: saw Tommy Emanuel, he was like, always have a floor tuner. (laughs) You never want to tune. Like even downtown, I hear like electric, like SGs, just like (laughs) getting tuned over like a hundred people in a hockey tank. It's like, just just stop on the floor, man. (laughs) Put it on
1: mute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I don't know. I, I'll see if I can play this. It'll. It's fun to try to play it. <laughs> All right. And, uh, this is a uh, Maple Leaf Rag. This is my arrangement. I tell you who else has a good arrangement is Pat Donahue, but um, my arrangement is is a little different than his. I would say, but um, he's got a phenomenal arrangement of Maple Leaf Rag as well. He's, he's the one that inspired me to arrange it, and uh, actually Tommy Flint too. Tommy Flynn inspired me to to arrangement. And this cat that was at my show, he was was always asking me, did I know it?
1: Uh, Over in
2: East Nashville over here, where Uh we're actually... He loves Scott Joplin, so I was like, man, I'm just going to learn it. And just next time he asks me, I'll know it. Just for him. Or at least try to know it. Let's see here.
0: all right mebbly Thrag Jonathan Brown yeah. in the studio today well yeah well thanks for coming in this has like been such a treat do you want to do think- another sounds like do you want me <laughs> to
2: you can uh, use this you can use whatever you want yeah I could put playing all day if you want keep playing keep <laughs> what time yeah. is it It's. <laughs> the 11.18. I have a meeting with my parole officer in a few minutes. <laughs> No, just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. I have a clean record. Um, just joking.
0: Um, you Let's have see. to teach a guitar lesson, right? Huh? You have to teach a guitar lesson.
2: Actually, I'm going over to Belmont, and then I have a less. I move my lesson back to two uh, thirty. Okay. Belmont at twelve. So okay. I'm tw- I gotta be there at twelve forty five. Okay. Well, I got plenty of time, I think. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I- it might be fun to to try to play Let's see. Um Here's a tune that I wrote. No, just kidding. This is um, you know, I've been trying to get better at flat picking with my thumb pick. So I'm trying to flat pick these fiddle tunes. I don't have Let's see if I can. This is a uh, This is, uh, what is it? Uh... I'll just kind of pick around on some fiddle tunes here. We'll have some fun. Do have that. Harder in this one.
1: <laughs>
2: anyway, so then it goes into this. Then it goes into this. Mm. Big, long, drawn-out. Part. (laughs) I obviously don't have this. So cool this whole piece Anyways, yeah hopefully you won't use any of that crap. <laughs> On the CD, uh, yeah, when I'm 64. Cool. supposed
1: to be
2: I love that kind of yeah that's a cool ragtime thing I learned way back in the day I guess I guess I gotta move my first finger and get that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound right if you do it right like that.
0: Yeah, it's a little, you gotta alternate the strings, yeah. If
2: you can get it. That's crazy, <laughs> I just discovered that it takes a lot That's of muscle right. power to be able to do that, yeah, to, to get that chord with those three fingers like that. Have you ever had any issues with your uh, hands or anything? Not yet. (laughs) Good. I hope not. I don't ever have any. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, man. Heaven, heaven.
1: I'm, I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so good. Go on, sing heaven. one.
2: It. Yeah. Uh, I love all those old tunes,
0: man. Oh yeah. You you do them such justice too. It's like you really stay true to the melody, but you give it Yeah. <laughs> I kinda went off and it. did I did like a little
2: I guess I could have done anything there, but... Standard, you probably know. Yeah. What time is it? It
0: is noon, dude. I gotta get going. Yeah, Alright, <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Jonathan.
2: All
1: right, can you help
0: me load this stuff up? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. there you have it, Jonathan Brown. It was great having him in
1: here and seeing the thought process behind the music. Thanks for listening, folks.